You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. Tap that recap here on the BetQL Network with producer Jake Galley and my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm Sean Levine. UFC 273 in Jacksonville is in the books, and I think we had a Hall of Fame fight that night. We'll get to that here in a second. Let's actually start BT with the main event because that's the one that I found the least exciting. It kind of went the way we thought it was going to, right? Volkanovski took him a minute but eventually took care of Korean zombie and anybody that had any doubts about Volkanovsky, I don't think those people exist anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people who actually made the odds, I think they looked uh, the most right on that fight sure. out of any fight, because, you know, we we're talking that the big theme of this going in was how long uh, all the odds were for the underdogs and how heavy the favorites were. And really the only guy who, who showed that he was worth it probably should have been a bigger favorite was Volkanovsky. Cause it was, not competitive at all. Uh, he put a beating on Korean Zombie, and uh, yeah, it was a great performance from him. I, you know, got through two rounds before I fell asleep. Not because it wasn't <laughs> exciting, because because this is the longest UFC card in the history of man. And I was just like, I, it was one of those two where I like I didn't sleep through the night. I popped up and Volk is talking <laughs> to Rogan, and I was like, wait, what happened? I was here, and there was a fight going on, and. Uh, what a holy crap what a long card that's not your fault i mean it was midnight my time i live in kansas city which means that it was 1 a.m your time so i mean i think that a lot of usc needs to do something about this like on, on the real they need to do something about this i understand you got to get your west coast audience and it's one thing if the fights are in cali or in vegas you have to appease the actual time zone where it's right. happening but man when it's happening in florida like bg that was that was that was stupid it was brutal. It was like five fights. They all went the distance, everything. And the other with the thing with the two title fights is, okay, so they both can go five rounds, but then you have the pop and circumstance of like the big intro, the, the big, you know, the, the walkouts, the, the Bruce buffer, you're going to be there for everything. It's just like, it's just so much. And I just feel like this happens every time when they do the two title fight thing, which has kind of become a popular move on pay-per-views because you know, they don't have a lot of bona fide pay-per-view stars. Like the star of UFC pay-per-views are, we're going to give you a hell of a card. Okay, cool. But if we're going to do two title fight nights, I almost feel like it's better off that they just do two fights before the title fights. Like just put the extra fight on ESPN, figure out the time there because this whole starting at 10 o'clock and I'm done by two. I mean, it. I, look, I know I'm 35. I'm getting washed. I got two kids. I ain't what I used to be when it comes to howling at the moon. There's probably a lot of people who gamble all night who are laughing their ass off at me saying I'm soft. Maybe I am, but I've been watching fights for a long, long time. 
I feel like it's just getting longer and longer and longer. I don't know. It was just such a, it was so hard staying up for that. And I think also part of it was that the Volkanovsky fight, the Korean zombie, like it was the one I was least interested in. So there was just a big come down from, we were all hyped about the Hamzad Gilbert. We were hyped about uh, the drama between Aljo and Jan. And uh, we'll get to that fight in a second, but like, you know, Volk, you know, Korean zombie was just, it just had the least juice to it too. So I think that probably was also uh, played into it. I think that I'm trying to figure out why us as fight fans, UFC fans, our prime time is three or four hours later than every other sports prime time. Maybe because there's more international audience, but yeah, that's just ridiculous. Because I mean, you're looking forward, we're talking about these fights now for weeks and then it actually goes down and you're lucky if you've got one eye open. So they do have to do something about that. You mentioned the Jan Aljamain Sterling fight. Let's get Jake in. Jake, make your live mic on this one. Pat yourself on the back. You told us that Aljamain Sterling had a chance, even though he came into this one as about a four to one underdog. And not only did he have a chance, Jake, he ended up winning the fight. Good on you. Yeah, that you know what? And to be honest, like I, I totally sympathize with the people who said that Jan won that fight because I think you could definitely make the case that Jan won that fight. That being said, like, that's kind of exactly how we thought the game plan would be if Sterling was going to come out on top. You know, he was going to have to dominate on the ground, which he did in rounds two and three. Uh, a little surprise. It seemed like he, like, I thought he would press way harder to get the sub when he was on his back in two consecutive rounds. He yeah. didn't. Uh, started to sweat a little bit there, but he ends up coming through for us. Like, you don't have to apologize to anybody when you get away with one winning a bet for sure. Like, it's like, but I will say, like, I, I didn't think that he was going to get the nod there. I, does anybody find this odd? I don't mean to be like Johnny, like, I don't get your technique, but does anybody find it odd that Aljamain Sterling is this deep into his MMA career, can't throw a punch? I just think he's, I found it more weird what Jake said, actually, that when he got on his back a couple of separate times, that he didn't try to do something. I mean, we know how Jermaine Sterling is a guy that when he gets the fight on the ground, he can do a lot of different things down there. It, just, it felt like he was messing with him. It felt like he was having too much fun in there. I'm with you, though. And Al Jermaine Sterling's also right about what he said. Like, he was talking about put some respect on my name and first ballot Hall of Famer and all that stuff. Dude, if you start to look back at what he's done, he's, he's the dude. And I don't know why he hasn't gotten the respect even in the last 48 hours or so since this fight's been over with. Like, even BT, I can see you rolling your eyes. Like, like oh, because God, I'm so on this fight. I am, first of all, I also, you know, I gave Aljo a lot of props going into this fight. I said if I saw an upset out of this one, I thought he was going to do it because he is talented. But why doesn't he get the respect? It's like, well, well, dude, you walked around as a champion when you, you won V in a legal knee and you just seem like you got a very, very generous, to put it lightly, nod for the championship like that's why nobody's saying he's not a good fighter but it's you know this is like you know people when when people walk around and like oh we got to start respecting these guys like daniel cormier did this all the time too where it's like oh you guys got to respect me as one of the goats it's like well you weren't the goat light heavyweight like i'm not going to pretend i didn't see what i what i saw and you know velkanovsky dealt with a lot of this to be honest with you with the max holloway thing you know we're all going to sit here and we're going to talk about volkanovsky's one of the best pound for pounds like I don't even know if he's the best guy in his own division. Well, hold on, uh, you DC, know, real quick, real quick. You're, with DC, he lost the fights you're talking about to John Jones. So you can't just take that away. He did beat everybody else, but he did lose those fights. I know mm -hmm. he lost to Stipe and everything, but when he made the comments, in the case of these guys that you're talking about with Volkanovski and now Aljamain Sterling, they've won every single fight that you're referring to. I don't care what the judges said. I don't care what the public well, says. Well, that's silly. I care well, what Tapology says. It says W. 
Well, that's silly because then you're just you're just burying your head in the sand. And you don't remember what you watched because I we like you've you've been on this radio show and you've told me I don't know twenty five times that you thought Max Holloway didn't just win one fight. You thought he won them both. So how does that not sway your opinion on Alexander Volkanovsky? That seems because silly. unfortunately I'm not a judge, and it says that he won both those fights. No, but you're now, an opinion. You're an you're a fan of the sport, and you're an opinion giver. Like you know that doesn't sway your opinion at all. It's like. Yeah, Alexander Volkanovski. I'm not saying he's not a great fighter, but you think he's better than Max Holloway? No, it doesn't sway my opinion to the point where I, I guess, would slap disrespect on their name because of other dis- – like, the, 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 if you want to talk about Sterling, I think you have to separate the two fights we're talking about. The first time around, a little bit bogus. He was probably going to lose the fight, and then he ended up, you know, saying, okay, I can't keep going, and he got the belt. This time around, you're acting like it was egregious, like, like no, you should have gave him that decision. Uh, well, I just rewatched it. Sterling won that fight. Ah, come on, dude. He, first of all, <laughs> how many fight? How many fight? How much? First of all, did, I mean, who had the bigger look of shock on their face than him? He was really. That's he admitted right. he lost the last two rounds, <laughs> and like you know, I, and like Jake said, I'll go get for the submissions. Like, dude, you had him on there for six minutes, like nothing. And even in the third round, he was just like happy. He's like, good, can't punch me in the face here. Um, but. This is the thing I find odd from you. <laughs> you are going to sit here and say, oh, all that topology, that's all that matters. We sat here arguing uh, for two weeks about Jose Aldo and his status, and you'll sit here and tell me he's the greatest featherweight of all time when he got punched in the face in 13 seconds and fell on his face. You say, oh, no, 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 I know what I know. Jose Aldo's one of the greatest featherweights of all time. Cool. Then how do you not feel that way when it comes to fights that guys you thought lost ended up winning? You're like, nah, what can I do? He won. That doesn't make any sense. I think you need to take a microscope and look at each individual fight. Like, if you want to talk about Aldo, we talked about this before. You and me and Jake got in this argument. There's a difference between getting in the octagon and getting your ass whooped, and there's a difference between taking a shot. There's it not happens. There's there not. is. The, the, Aldo did the, the, not get his ass kicked against Conor McGregor. He lost the fight. And quite frankly, if they were to fight again tomorrow, who do you think would be favored? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conor McGregor. Jose Aldo would win the fight. You're right. Connor would be favored and Jose Aldo would win the fight. All right, let's move on because we're going to end up fighting even though we're thousands of miles away. Let's talk about what I think we can all agree on in this room. Probably the fight of the year so far. And we were all looking forward to this one, BT, going in. And it nobody could have fell asleep during this one, even though it didn't happen until about midnight your time. I'm talking Gilbert Burns and Hamzad Chamaya. So Gilbert Burns came in almost a four to one underdog. Hamzad came in without taking a punch in his entire UFC career. And uh, take this whichever way you want. Were you more impressed with Hamzad now that you know that he can beat the number two ranked guy in the world? I'm more impressed with Gilbert Burns who stood in there for a long time with a monster. Um, that's an interesting way to put it. Who am I more impressed with? I, I don't want to say I'm I, because I, I think I'm more embarrassed for myself for not believing Gilbert could stay in there like that. But I don't feel like I should be that impressed because this is what he's done. I mean, he is one of the toughest guys in that division. 
his uh, his credentials warrant what we saw from that. He is one of the best guys on the planet. I hope that his ranking doesn't drop a, a spot, really, because it was that close a fight. It was that good a fight. I mean, if he's got to go anywhere, then drop him to third. If Hamza has to go to two, and then, you know, whoever else has to shift down for him, shift down. Uh, no, I mean, because I, th- I think Hamza answered a lot of questions. I think that, you know, it is one thing to steamroll everybody, and that's impressive. I think this is like, you know, you're o- we're always asking of these guys, oh, can they, what's going to happen when they get into the fire? What's going to happen when they go into deep waters? These are things that have to be known, especially if he's going to be a championship fighter. So I thought that he passed all those questions with flying colors. He took, uh, he dished it out. He took a bit of a butt kicking, and then he came back and looked fantastic in the third. So I was very, uh, I was more impressed with Hamzat because he did get the job done in the face of adversity. Well, if they did move Hamzat all the way up to two in the rankings, then Colby would move to three. So then Gilbert would move to four, which begs me the next question. What's next for Hamzat? I mean, it's got to be either Colby or Usman. But now that you saw the fight versus Burns, what do you think makes sense for Hamzat? Well, it's just an interesting thing of timing. Like if I was, if I was a, if like Kamaru didn't have a fight, yeah, it would be pressing a lot to try and get that fight. But we all think that he's going to fight Leon Edwards yet uh, coming up. And I think that that should still happen. I don't think Leon should, I don't think that was, uh, I, I don't think that was enough of a performance for me to leapfrog him to the title fight. Leon's like, the I most screwed guy though in the history of the, in the probably is. MMA altogether. Like, can you imagine if they just call him and they're like, hey, we're going to go with Hamzat or we're going to go with Colby Usman three. Sorry, dude. Well, this is the thing. I just think that for Hamzat, I think it's almost, I wouldn't go right to Kamaru Usman. Like, I think that if anything, I would almost take on the guy who has gone wire to wire with Kamaru Usman, has had really good rivalry with Kamaru Usman. Like, I think him versus Colby makes a lot of sense. Colby has talked favored? about who do, what do you think the odds would look like for that fight? I think Hamzat would be favored. I feel like Hamzat would be uh, would be favored just because of the hype. I think that uh, people would think because of his grappling skills too that he would be able to. Uh, we saw. I mean, we saw how difficult it was for Gilbert to try and take him down. It was uh, it was a nightmare for him. So it ended up turning in one of those striking matches. Uh, but I just feel like for him, yeah, we got some stuff answered. Now I think it's almost like okay, train for a five round fight, have a main event, be be the guy they really are building it all around. And then go to the championship. I almost feel like if you if he were to go to like a guy I saw yesterday or uh, two days ago, um, I, I don't think that guy's beating Kamaru Usman. I don't. I, I still think that he still has. It's not a skill set thing. I still think that he just has some growing to do as a fighter with going in there, for training for a five round fight, maybe having some animosity uh, animosity about that type of stuff. Um, I don't think I would jump right into fighting Usman. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would put that off until the end of the year if they could do that. So you don't think Hamza can beat Usman? We'll talk about this a lot coming up on Saturday from five to seven on the BetQL Network. We got two hours to break it down. I don't think Hamza could beat Colby. I agree with you that Hamza would be the favorite, but I don't think he can beat Colby for all the reasons you said. I don't think that he could beat Colby Covington right now. Let's spin the wheels forward. Coming up on Saturday night, the main event: uh, Vicente Luque takes on Bilal Muhammad. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's an interesting fight because these are kind of the two sneaky. These are the other guys, right? Like these are the two guys in the welterweight division that are still kind of in the mix. And, you know, a lot like Korean zombie kind of in like maybe if somebody gets hurt at the wrong time, Vicente Luque is kind of popping in there and saying, hey, what about me for a title fight? Bala Muhammad, same thing. Um, So I think for them, it's just important, like who is going to be the guy that can really spin themselves forward and say, Hey, I am I'm deserving of being in the mix here. 
maybe they could get themselves a fight with Colby Covington because I think that Usman is going to be tied up and then possibly Usman is going to be like, I'm still not taking off the table that Usman's going to fight Conor McGregor. So I think it is important upon these guys to figure out like who is the next guy. Maybe whoever wins this fight calls out Hamza. I think that'd be a, a balls move too. like go out there and say, all right, you know what? Uh, you know, this is what I want to do now. Will Hamza take the fight? I don't know. Does he figure the best fight for him is to fight Colby Covington or is he going to just wait it out to the, to the Usman thing? I just think for, for Hamza, I think he should go and fight another guy at welterweight, another one of the top guys at welterweight, even though you may say, oh, he beat number two. How much more does he have to prove? I think for a guy like Kamar Usman, who's now going through his second round of beating all these guys, Volkanovski talked a little bit about this too, about guys waiting out. I think it's important for you as an up-and-coming contender to show like, no, there's going to be, by the end, I'll fight whoever you want me to fight. By the end of it, I'll be undeniable as a contender. No doubt about it. Good stuff today. Brendan Tobin, Jake Galley. I'm Sean Levine. Looking forward to Saturday's show. We've got a lot to talk about, not just the Bilal Muhammad, Vicente Luque preview, but also I want to dive deep into that Burns versus Jemaya fight because I think that it's probably one of the top of my head, five best favorite fights that I've ever seen, especially one that had the hype and then exceeded it. So we'll talk about that on Saturday. We'll break down the fights for two hours. That's it for the Tapped Out Recap right here on the BetQL Network.